welcome to the Backseat Directors Podcast, your source of the latest movie reviews and recommendations, and where you, the listeners, are my co-hosts and all are invited to review a movie with me. I am Andre Hutchins, and this is episode 26, and on today's episode, I am very pleased to have my older sister, Jacqueline, join me for a movie review and discussion. Jacqueline is the mother of five children and leads a very busy life. But the planets and stars have all aligned and we were able to find some time in her schedule to hop on the podcast and be a backseat director. We hope you enjoy today's show. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You have all your answers? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, Jacqueline. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's 10.38 p.m. on a Sunday evening. It's past my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> what? what time do you normally go to bed? Mm, lately, midnight. I try to go to bed early. <laughs> Are you still suffering from jet lag? Um, no, it was much better coming back than it was going. Oh, uh, listeners, sure. listeners, Jacqueline just got back from a, what, 13, 14 day Europe Gone trip? for 13 days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First time to Europe, huh? First time to Europe. It was amazing. Um, it's a go, go, go type of vacation, which I'm not used to. I like the relaxing on the side of the beach <laughs> vacation. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much like, that's the Hutchins style of a vacation. (laughs) We're not really into the exploring and traveling and go, go, go. We just like to get to where we're going (laughs) and just stay there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Europe is great. Ireland is absolutely beautiful and um, much more probably my tempo. A little bit slower paced and um, not so crowded and touristy. Dublin, however, is more like London, I guess. Well, Dublin's a big city, isn't it? It's a big city, and it's it's crowded and touristy. Okay. Um, Well, so yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been... Okay, I've been doing the podcast for almost six months now, and I've had three of our sisters on the podcast... And I still, even after having you on the podcast, I still have more sisters to come on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it only took six months. (laughs) Okay, so Jacqueline, because this is your first time and our listeners, um, some of them might not know you, some of them will, um, but let's just... You're going to have a lot more listeners because I'm on here. Yeah, well, I know Callie, (laughs) your friend Callie is going to listen. She's already been commenting on on some of the pictures saying, oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Okay, but um, even the people that know you, though, might not know some of the answers to the questions we're going to do. So we're going to do a segment to let our listeners get to know you a little bit more called our Get to Know You Questions. Now it's time for some Get to Know You Questions. All right, Jacqueline, are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay, then question number one. What is your Desert Island movie? Okay, and so I want you to make, just make sure that you understand what this means. It doesn't mean what is your favorite movie. Yeah, it's something that you could probably watch over and over and over. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. okay, but I've been thinking about this. But because it only took you six months to get me on here, there's a lot of answers on here that were my answers. So I had to think outside the box. No, but that's okay, though. That's okay, okay, but my first okay, answers. my first one was Count of Monte Cristo, but oh, somebody already named that one. Yeah, Holly. Our yeah. sister Holly did. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. But because she already did that one, I can, I can move on to this next one, uh. which is Meet Joe Black. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm obsessed with that movie. With I love Brad that Pitt. movie. Yes. Oh, he plays Death, gosh. and it is like the greatest movie. I love that movie. <laughs> you know, I knew that would surprise you. I think I have maybe seen that movie once, and even like maybe not all the way through. It's, I just. Hey, it's a good one. Well, and it was like in his younger years, too. Brad Pitt was very young in that movie. Yes, and he does a really good job of being a real weirdo. Really? Yeah. I mean, he plays death, so it's, it's yeah. He's he play he does a really really good job. I like it. Okay, meet Joe Black. That definitely is a first. <laughs> All right, Jackie. Um, question number two. What is your favorite movie theater snack? Hmm. Well. Because Amy already nixed popcorn. Mm-hmm. The thing that goes with popcorn, though, because it's so salty, you have to have a good sweet. So I would like, can I choose two? Either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> M&M, peanut butter M&M's. Ooh, peanut butter or M&M's. Or Junior Mint. It's a toss-up. Nice. Very good. Very good. You know who else had Junior Mint's? I know somebody else did. Hunter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, just like Seinfeld. <laughs> It's true. It really is hard for me to dissociate Junior Mints from Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Like, it's just like one and the same for me. Dropped it in the (laughs) surgery. Okay, third question. What was the first movie that made you cry? Do you remember? Um, no, I don't remember what the first movie that made me cry. I do remember movies that have made me cry. Okay, well, what was the last movie that made you cry then? Oh. Was it was it our movie that we're going to talk about today? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, if you're LDS, it was Together Forever. Oh. That movie makes me cry every time. But that's not fair. I don't want to name that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just a good church movie. <laughs> um, Lion King was already said. I do remember crying as really? a child in Lion King, yes, when Mufasa shoves off Simba's dad. Okay, this is so interesting because... Not Mufasa. This is... is it Mufasa? Well, Scar. 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 Sorry. Scar shoves off Mufasa. Right. So this has been a very interesting, like, commonality in this answer. Well, just just because so many people have mentioned The Lion King. I don't... I remember seeing it when we were kids, but I don't remember, like, ever going, just being like, oh my gosh, no, Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's not like... I, I don't think I was a heartless child, but... No, it's so interesting that, was like that Lion crushing King was... for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so is your answer Lion King, or do you have another one? Um, I think I have another one, and this kind of goes along with my um, coming answer. But eat, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Oh. That movie was really sad. Oh, gosh, and disclaimer, so... This movie came up on an episode that I recorded a few episodes ago, and I kept seeing. I, I kept saying. I, I I did not say the full name of the movie. I kept saying, saying, um, eating Gilbert Grape instead of what's eating Gilbert Grape. It's like a very important, important part, part of the, the title. <laughs> just eating Gilbert Grape. Anyway, yes, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Okay, no, I, yeah, that movie is sad, and I think it's a depressing movie. Yeah, no, that is it's a good one too. I, I think I think that one. I remember it like kind of having an emotional impact on me from Leonardo DiCaprio, him being kind of the Down syndrome brother mm-hmm. of He Gilbert. did really well. Yeah. He was yeah. young. I'm yeah. thinking that was probably one of his first movies. Yeah, no, I yeah, that was that was pretty good. Okay, so then 
Okay, so do you have a favorite movie director and or actor leading into this question? Okay, so that leads me into this answer, <laughs> which is Johnny Depp. I know he's such a weirdo, but like I <laughs> I love him. Like I I love the pirate movies. I love What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I love Edward Scissorhands. Like he's so I don't like there's so many elements of him that he can be eccentric and he can be weird and uh-huh. he can be funny. Um I don't know. I just I love every movie that he's in. Well, and those movies, like, especially those two that you just named, like What's Eating Gilbert Grape and Edward Scissorhands, those are movies from, like, our childhood. Those are movies that I remember watching as a kid. Yeah. And, like, just, yeah, just, like, I, especially with Edward Scissorhands, just going, what is this movie? <laughs> what is this movie? And he plays the character so well, though, that mm-hmm. you are so, like, intrigued. Mm-hmm. By his character. I mm-hmm. just, I don't know. He'd probably be one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Definitely a good one. Okay, Jacqueline. Last question. If you could change the ending of any one movie, which would it be and how would you change it? Um, so I had to have my husband, Ben, remind me <laughs> what movie it was that I hated the ending. And the most recent one was La La Land. I hated the ending of that movie. I loved that movie so very much for all like the dancing and the singing. And I loved the love story. Mm-hmm. And then, sorry if this is a spoiler alert if you okay, haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, this is but a pretty the recent ending movie. sucks <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Everybody wants a happy ending. Yeah. So and... okay. So listeners, listeners, this is a very recent movie. If you haven't listened or seen La La Land, because I do, I do want to. Obviously, I'm assuming what you're going to say about your answer anyway, but I still want to hear it. So listeners, if you want to fast forward, just fast forward like 30 seconds and then come back. Okay. Jacqueline, how would you change it? Um, I would make it so the two of them end up together and making their dreams work together. I think that they could have made both of their dreams work yeah. together instead of having to go their separate ways to make each other's dreams come true, I guess. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And that's one of the things that I told I told it's Amy, like, compromise. I just hated, I hated how that movie ended too. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, and even though our sister Samantha, like, Samantha just is delusional, very adamantly <laughs> defends the ending and says it's like a near perfect movie. Like, she, <laughs> she loves it. But I anyway. love you, Samantha. <laughs> okay, Jacqueline. Well, thank you for those answers. Um, that was definitely a trip down memory lane for me, too. <laughs> Well, just because what people our... don't know that maybe they need to know yeah. is that you and I are only 17 months apart. So yeah, our, our childhood was very similar, very similar. <laughs> and we shared a lot of those memories together, so. which I actually, and I think this really might be like the perfect movie for us to discuss just because of just the nature of what it talks about anyway. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, that was fun. That was really fun. Okay. So let's go ahead and introduce this week's movie. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. And this week's movie is The Glass Castle. Movie details. Pack yourself a toothbrush deal Pack yourself a favorite blouse Take a withdrawal slip Take all of your savings out 
Chronicling the adventures of an eccentric, resilient, and tight-knit family, The Glass Castle is a remarkable story of struggle, fortitude, forgiveness, and love. Oscar winner Brie Larson brings Jeanette Wall's best-selling memoir to life as a young woman who, influenced by the joyful, wild nature of her deeply dysfunctional father, found the fiery determination to carve out a successful life on her own terms. The Glass Castle was released into U.S. theaters on August 11, 2017, and it has a running time of 2 hours and 7 minutes. The movie is rated PG-13 for mature, thematic content involving family dysfunction and some language and smoking. Um, so even though the movie touches on uh, you know, pretty serious topics that are very relatable to today and people today, um, I, I think the movie is definitely appropriate for kids maybe ages 10 and up or 11 and up. Um, I, I think at that age they'll definitely be able to understand a lot of... Um, you know, just a lot of what the movie's about and, and what it might mean to them. So, so yeah, uh, I, I don't think there was anything overly um, too harsh or, or inappropriate for kids. So, yeah, so that's my recommendation. Um, the Glass Castle stars Brie Larson as adult Jeanette Walls, Ella Anderson as adolescent Jeanette Walls, and Chandler Head as child Jeanette Walls. <laughs> that is right. Three actresses will portray Jeanette as we see her grow up on screen. The movie also stars Woody Harrelson as Jeanette's father, Rex, and Naomi Watts as her mother, Rose. This is Naomi Watts' second big screen movie in 2017. She also played in the much maligned The Book of Henry. And Brie Larson has quickly risen up in Hollywood ever since her performance in the critically acclaimed 2015 film, Room. She also played in Kong School Island earlier this year as Mason Weaver. The Glass Castle is directed by Destin Daniel Creighton. Uh, or I think it's Cretan. Sounds like it's Cretan. <laughs> Cretan is a Hawaiian-born director who is just beginning to make a name for himself in Hollywood. The Glass Castle is the largest budget film he has worked on to date. Other movies that he uh, has directed are two small budget indie films uh, called I Am Not a Hipster and Short Term 12. So the production budget on the Glass Castle de- uh, details have not been released uh, by the studio. At least I have not been able to find them online anywhere. Um, uh, if they do get released, I'll maybe just put out, you know, a quick post on, uh, Twitter or Instagram and just let you guys know for those who are interested. Um, but the glass castle was actually able to pull in almost $5 million on its opening weekend debut in the U S and current global box office sales just after three days have gone over seven and a half million dollars for a movie whose budget I would suspect to be fairly small. These are very promising results. All right, listeners, let's get on with our movie review. Backseat Directors, movie review. All right, Jacqueline, so we're just going to jump into the review, okay? Okay. So, um, you recently read the book, didn't you? I did. I haven't read in a really long time, you know, with five kids. Like, you forget <laughs> that you know how to read. <laughs> so, how, how, did you, how did you hear about the book? Like, why did you decide to read it? Um, actually, I think it was my friend Callie. Um, we had seen a poster for it in the theater and i didn't uh-huh. know anything about it and she said oh i read that book that's oh. a really good book and um i've always liked to read the books before the movies come out i uh-huh. also know that i'm also going to be disappointed <laughs> oh well yeah that's just the nature it's of the nature of it because you get so much movies. more out of the book than yeah. you do the movie and i get that you can't put everything into the yeah. movie that you 
get out of the book. But that's where I heard it from. And so I took my Europe vacation as an opportunity to bring <laughs> some books with me. And I actually read two, and one of which was The Glass Castle. Oh, really? So, well, did you like the book? I did. Yeah. I loved it. Um, so I didn't read the book. And I'm glad that I didn't because I think now we can have like a dual perspective on the yes. movie. Yeah. Right? Um, and so I... I really like the movie, so I'm I'm very interested to know what you thought of the movie, having <laughs> read the book. I mean, just because like most recently, a a movie that I saw that was made into a book, and I've talked about this multiple times on the podcast with Dad too, um, is Unbroken. Did you ever read Unbroken? No, I didn't. Okay, so uh, that movie, as as good as the movie is, and I thought it was a good movie for what it was. But it was a shell of what the book was, just a total shell. Right. I, I mean, like it was completely devoid of really some of the most important things that were shared in the book. And so, so yeah, so I hope, I hope that you liked the movie too, because I really <laughs> liked it. Okay. So, so were you excited to see the movie? I was very excited. I actually don't normally go and see movies right when they come out, but because I had just read it, I wanted it to be fresh in my mind and um go in to see it so i had set up a a fun afternoon out with my sister roxanne and my friend callie (laughs) because i knew that they had read the book but not as freshly as i had and the two moms in the family actually getting a a chance to get away from home (laughs) um okay so then after seeing the movie what do you think it was good i mean like i said before i knew that i would be somewhat disappointed I mean, I knew that because okay. I had read the book and you get so much more out of the book, so much more detail mm-hmm. and um, things that the things that didn't sit well with me is some of the things on in the timeline of the movie were huh. not correct. Oh, really? Yeah. But, you know, you have to do that to make it like, I guess, flow together when you're leaving other parts out. Right. So, okay, so this is a spoiler-free podcast, but um, I, and when I say spoiler-free, I'm just like major, you know, major right. plots within the movie, you know. So, I mean, we can talk about scenes and developments within the story itself and even, you know, certain certain scenes between characters and things like that. But was – so the movie, the movie plays out um, like – it starts off with uh, Jeanette Walls as, a, as an adult mm-hmm. and then it, it goes back to her childhood. Yes. And then it flashes back to her adulthood and then childhood and then adulthood and then adolescent years and teenage years and then adulthood. And so like it's jumping back and forth. Does the book do that? No, it doesn't do that. But I actually really like that part oh, really? of the movie. So um, how does it in, start in the it, book, though? In the book, it does start out as her as an adult. Oh, OK. It starts out um, with her seeing her mother. Oh, dumpster diving. Oh, OK. Yeah. And you get the sense of where she's at. And Who, it's Jeanette. Or, Jeanette. Okay. Where she's at in her life now. Uh-huh. And it's not where her mother is still, <laughs> which is dumpster diving. Yeah. Um, and then she goes back to her very first memory that she can remember, which is when she was three and she's boiling the hot dogs right. on the stove. That is right. her first memory. So right. in the beginning, it does start out very much like the book. Right. And that made me excited. And then it just kind of deviated deviated a little bit and left out a lot i felt like um i don't know i i don't know if we're at critique yet but <laughs> no 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 well and, and um so uh, yeah and we'll jump into that in just a sec um because 
I think this is like the most fascinating thing about about reviewing a movie that you have something to compare it to. So there's there's been a couple movies that have come out this year that either had a previous original and so it was it was like a reboot, you know, of mm-hmm, an older movie mm-hmm. or yeah, like a a, a movie made a uh, a book made into a movie. So like uh The Zookeeper's Wife, right? Right. So yeah, I, I never I never read that book. And so I have nothing to compare the movie to and I don't have an expectation, right, of what to, you know, what I would be expecting the movie to show me. And so, so yeah, so I, I think that can get tricky just because, you know, from a book that you enjoy so much, you want to see it, you know, you want to yeah. see it played out on the movie screen. So if it's not, I can, I can totally see why that's disappointing. And I think it's valid, though. I mean, I could valid. totally be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Roxanne and Callie really enjoyed the movie. Oh, really? But like I said, they Roxanne, I think, said she hadn't read it in like six years. Really? So it wasn't as fresh for her. And yeah. um, like I said, I had just finished it. Like it was really fresh in my mind. So there were some things that bothered me just because I'm like, no, that's not what happened in the book. Or, oh, I wish they hadn't left that out. So. Right. So, okay. So before we get into critiques, I'll just, I'll just reiterate. I actually really enjoyed the movie. So after, after seeing the movie, um, I was just like, the first thoughts just going through my head and maybe you had these same thoughts when you were reading the book and stuff like that. But I just kept thinking it just, it really goes to show you never know the full story of anyone. Like, right. Like no matter who you meet, no matter, I mean, stranger or not even a stranger, like whoever it is, it could be your own spouse. There are things that we go through in our own lives, our own lives that people just don't know about and we don't know about them. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy what that family went through and what those parents put those kids through. Well, and I also thought after I read the book and saw the movie, it just goes to show you that you can rise above. Yeah. And um, those kids, majority of them, were able to somehow pull themselves out of the slumps and And they did it together, though. They did it together. Yes. Want a better life for themselves. Right. Right. Oh man, it's just, just the movie. The movie was just it was like an emotional roller coaster for me. Just lots of ups and downs and just heartbreaks. But okay, so let's go ahead and jump into our critiques. Okay, okay. you go first. Okay, where do I start? <laughs> okay, the the one thing that I can remember is in the book, um, she talks about a. I felt like it was a pretty crucial part that they left out explaining kind of uh her dad's drunkenness uh-huh. and her mom had lost a baby at nine months to crib death in between i'm pretty sure Lori and jeanette and she said it didn't really shake her mom her oh. mom just kind of was able to get through that yeah it doesn't show that in the movie at all huh? and her dad it it really really affected her dad and that's when he really got into drinking oh. and couldn't stop. Okay. Yeah, that would have, I mean, gosh, because you had no background. Or, I mean, at, later on in the movie, you learn more about about Rex, about Jeanette's dad, mm-hmm. and maybe why he is the way he is, especially with his relationship with his mom. Right. You know, um, and even though it doesn't come out and specifically say it, things are alluded to. But yeah, I mean that that puts a lot of context with with why well, he is. Well, and the I don't know if you is. felt like this in the movie, but I felt like you can tell in the beginning like he you don't feel like he's a drunk. 
no. he's a little weird in his thought processes, right. but he's not a drunk. And then all right. of a sudden, I felt like then all of a sudden he becomes this drunk. Right. And I feel like it probably was more of a slow process. And like when that happened, when they lost their nine month old to crib death, like yeah. that's when she said he started drinking more and yeah. becoming the drunk that he was crib death like sids yeah that's what i think okay but they just called it crib death yeah she says crib death huh. in the book i mean so i mean because so this their their lifestyle is always on the go right yeah, they're always skedaddle. that's what the dad would always say Let's yeah skedaddle. they just they never they never stay long enough in one place to actually root themselves in that community or wherever they're at mm-hmm. like the kids have no friends you know, they, they, I don't even know if they're going to school. I mean, what, what does it, does it explain in the book why they're always on the go? Yeah. I mean, she does, she she does say that Lori says that in the, in the movie that it's bill collectors. So, I mean, he, is it, so it's just financial. He just can't keep a job. He has no money. And so he just runs. He, he's just a little eccentric in his way of thinking. And so I think she kind of explains like he would hold a job for a little bit and then he would always get into some sort of argument with the manager and then get fired. So I think that the most that they were in a place was maybe a year. Yeah. But in the book, you really get a sense. I feel like more so of how often they moved. Like they were all over California. They were in battle mountain. They lived in Vegas for a little (laughs) bit. They lived, they were in in Utah. They were in Utah. I just remember a scene where they were like, this is the oldest mining town in Utah or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And and Phoenix, they lived in Phoenix. And that was another part that they didn't really touch on. I mean, I guess it's not so important. But right. her, her, Jeanette's grandmother, her mom's mom, was actually wealthy and yeah. offered help yeah. multiple times. And they wouldn't take it. Right. He didn't want handouts, they'd say. You right. Know? And, um, and Jeanette has very fond memories of her grandma. Of her, her mom's, her, mom, her, her mom's, maternal grandma. Yes, her maternal yeah. grandma. And of her taking care of her and just brushing her hair and nurturing her and um, going and visiting her. And she talks about her making Malta meal for them, <laughs> you know. So when they do go to Welch, you, you realize what a difference that is. Because then you've got her father's parents who are total losers. Like, yeah. They're not nurturing. Like Welch, Welch, West Virginia. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, and and uh, what's what's the mom's name? Lori. Oh, no. no, no, it's uh, Rose. Yeah, Rose. Uh, Rose. Um, I mean, she calls them hillbillies. Mm-hmm. She said they they are certified West Virginia hillbillies. hillbillies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, gosh, I I've seen so there was <laughs> this is this is kind of a tangent, but there there was this show on MTV a few years ago called buck wild okay (laughs) it only lasted one season because unfortunately the main character in the show it was a reality tv show yeah but he he died after the first season uh he was drunk driving with a friend just mudding going mudding so like in his truck just four-wheeling whatever and it rolled and he like suffocated in mud or something like that like just something awful right so they canceled the show but the show takes place in west virginia and and I've never been to West Virginia, and this is no knock on West Virginia, but there are some parts of West Virginia and some communities out there that seem like you are on another planet. 
Yeah. And Welch, West Virginia in the movie seemed like it was another planet. Right. And I was going to say, they did a pretty good job of depicting what Welch was like, what she said in her yeah. book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That it just was run down and there was just a lot of people that were unkempt and, you know. But what was ironic is in the book, it really touches on their appearances like they smell they don't bathe often they can't wash wash their clothes very often and so when they do go to school they are bullied they are made fun of yeah which i mean they live in welch so it must have been pretty bad right (laughs) oh yeah yeah so okay so outside of the book though i mean because that so that critique is related from the book compared to the movie and what you wish you would have seen in the movie that was right, in the book. Right. So so what what else though? What else did you not like about the movie? Um it's really hard for me to critique the movie though without comparing it to the book because maybe if I hadn't read the book, maybe it would have been really good. Yeah. But I guess I just love the book so much that like I felt like it didn't and you can tell me how you felt about this, but it uh-huh. didn't really touch on or elaborate on the siblings bond. Yeah. In the book, those kids are so close to each other. They yeah. are there for each other. They never fight. They stick up for one another. And I know that there was glimpses of that in the movie. Right. When, and there were glimpses. Um, the incident with her brother, you know, and then Lori coming in as well. Right. Sticking up for yes. their brother. Yeah. Um, but I really think that that's maybe how they survived was being there for each other and knowing that their life sucked. Right. But sticking it out because they had each other. Right. You know, was, was Rex abusive, physically abusive in the book? No, he wasn't. And that was, that was the crazy thing is like here he's, I felt like it was maybe more emotional abuse or I don't know what kind of abuse that is where you're not really providing for your kids. Neglect. Yeah. Just total neglect. Yeah. Um, but he was probably actually, ironically, more nurturing than his own wife. Well, and that's, that's the, actually the, so that's why I asked you this because that was the impression that I got in the movie was that, was that Rex, Rex, I guess, um, it's hard to say that he cared more for them because I mean, it's hard to say that either parent really cared for the kids. Right. Um, but yet nurturing, nurturing and kind. Whereas the mom, the mom just seemed like she was in her own world. She was totally in her own world. She was always concerned about her, her art. paintings mm-hmm. and not so much about the kids not having food on the table. Right. Which is what led to that first incident in the in the, the beginning of the movie, right? Yes. I mean, yes. she was, she was telling five-year-old Jeanette to go make her like, own lunch. She was supposedly three. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh my when that gosh. accident happened, when she got burned. Oh my gosh. That is so, it's like... It's hard to put these things into perspective because we never had that upbringing. And you and your own kids, you guys don't have that upbringing. No, you know? I know. I, I opened like, up the fridge today and there's like food falling out, you know, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like she talks about this one time when there's only a stick of butter, a stick right. of margarine. Right. And the young sister and, comes and asks for food. Yeah. And she mixes it with sugar and says, here, it's like frosting. And yeah. she goes, it really wasn't like frosting, but that's what I had to tell her, you right. know? Right. So, you know, we really truly are blessed and um, have no idea some people's hardships. And Yeah. And now that you mention it, because I think, I think that's a very valid critique on the movie too, because 
that that is that is what I took from from what the story was trying to tell us in the movie is how close the kids were because there there comes a time where they're trying to um, they're trying to basically come up with a plan on how they can leave mm-hmm. you know how they can all leave and so and Jeanette keeps reiterating like we have to do this together we have to stick together we're, you know you guys will I will support you then you support me etc and like and so yeah so there are glimpses of like how close they seemed but it's it definitely seems like the book really really hammered that home right yeah it did it was it was um i wish my kids got along (laughs) but no they really did love each other i think that they really did love each other and they really were there for each other i mean if there was any incidents at school with bullying right they were there for each other right you know well but see but that's the thing is like so yeah so you just saying that you wish your kids were maybe a little <laughs> bit more like that. And I'm sure even us growing up, like I think now we would consider that our, like our siblings were all pretty close, yes. you know, that we, we spend a lot of time together. We all live, even though we don't live in the same state we grew up in, we still all live pretty close in proximity to each other. Um, but growing up though, I would say we all had our struggles. You know, there's so many kids of in our family and we are all different ages that like, you know, it was just kind of a free for all at times. But I think, I think though, what these kids went through, the struggles that they had, is what what really drove them together. To, together, for sure. No, I yeah. get that, and I totally understand that, and I completely agree with that. That sometimes it's those circumstances that bring us closer together. Right. Right. So okay, and this is not necessarily a knock on the movie, even though it is. This is one of the critiques I had. So I. I'm really big on movie scores. So like uh, like a film score, uh, the music, the soundtrack to a movie. Mm-hmm. And especially with a movie like this, music has a very powerful way of really driving home the emotion that the movie wants you to feel. And I felt like I felt like the score was really flat. I, I from the emotion that I felt from the movie had nothing to do with the music. I thought the music was just lost in the background and I didn't even pay attention to it. Right. And so the, what emotion I felt, I thought was just a good part on the actors of helping me feel that, you know, just on how well they were performing. And so I probably have to agree. Cause I don't really remember any music. Well, and that's the thing because so. when you know, it's a good movie, a film score is when you remember the music or when you notice the music during the movie. And I never really noticed the music ever. Um, and so that was one thing that I was kind of hoping more from the movie, but I honestly, like, I've really been thinking about this movie a lot and just like trying to come up with legitimate critiques. And one thing, and I'll point this out just because I've read this, other people are saying, but I disagree. A lot of people have been saying that it's too long and that, that it gets stuck. It gets stuck in the repetitive repetitiveness of the children's plight and that it's just gloomy and awful and and just tells you how depressing the life is for the kids and how how much of a, a low life and like deadbeat their parents are right and that it doesn't ever move on from that but but okay here's the thing that was their life like well of course, and that's funny though because that's how they grew up in the book like i was gonna say there's so much that they left out like i don't think that you really got a sense of how bad it really was like yeah. They would go days without food. It talks about Jeanette um, getting kids from schools 
um, food that they would dump in the garbage, right, right. and she would hide in the bathroom so that no one would see her. So and they it, that, and, yeah, and, it, like and that it doesn't it doesn't show that it doesn't touch on them going to school actually really until the very end, right? Um, so that you can see why she becomes a, a writer, a writer, yeah. you know. But they do go to school, not for very long periods of time, but they would enroll every now and again where they were, depending mm-hmm. on how long they were there. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes she would get food at school through the dumpster. Sometimes the school paid for her to have hot lunches, you mm-hmm. know. So she actually liked going to school because she knew she she'd at least one meal right. a day. Right. But there were literally days where they would go without food. Right. Yeah. And there was there's really one scene where it touches on them going without food, and that was the butter scene, you know? Yes. So, so yeah. So, I, I mean, gosh, <laughs> this is and this is another thing, uh, just off topic on The Glass Castle. A lot of people that I've read that were critiquing Detroit was that they were saying it's too depressing. It's too, uh, all the, all the gloom and the violence and the hate, it's all, it's too much. Well, <laughs> this, this is, is real life. This happened. Yes. Like, and it happens. Yeah, I'm sure Jeanette walls felt like it was going on for far too long in her own life. And so like seeing it in a movie for a couple hours and just going through that with her, I think is like I I think it's it shows empathy and respect for that person and yeah so like I mean the movie the movie ends on a happy note it's not it's not an all you know terrible make you feel awful type movie right um but but no I don't think it was excessive at all and two so, and a half hours is a long movie but uh, I did not feel it, it was, like it was, it was long two hours in like. 10 minutes i think no so it was not, like two hours and 27 minutes well it was i think it, well, if you include if you include like the credits and stuff like that i'll, well, I'll look up the well on the here. i was gonna say on the thing that i looked at the trailer uh-huh. it said two hours and 27 minutes oh really yeah mm. um and that that might be including credits and like because we you know they had the montage at the end of the movie mm-hmm. so that's like including all oh that yeah as well, yeah so. yeah um, okay, so let's go ahead and move on to our from our critiques and go to our highlights, okay? So okay. I'm going to tell you some of the things that I like first, and then I'll let you go, okay? Okay. So, okay, just looking at my notes right here. Um, so I, and and I think this is just goes back again to what we were talking about, about comparing the book to the movie. I felt like the movie was pretty in-depth. I felt like, and maybe this goes to what people are saying, that it's too long and you're just experienced their sorrow you know for far too long and it's drawn out but i liked it and i liked how it showed i think it showed more of them growing up than it did in her adult life i think that's that's what i felt like in the movie and it it just like (laughs) i think it just it created just a better understanding of what she actually went went through and so i thought the movie felt pretty in-depth and I thought it was fairly detailed, but now listening to what you read in the book, it doesn't seem like it, it was, definitely seemed like it left a lot out. But for me, it definitely seemed detailed. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed Woody Harrelson. So you took my highlight. Well, no, no, <laughs> double it up. He deserves it. Woody Harrelson has always been kind of this, just kind of a goofy. Um, I don't know, just kind of one of those actors that it's hard. he's hard to take seriously in some of his roles just because of some of the movies he's played in, right? Yeah. But this, I've never seen him in a movie like this before. 
And especially after you see, so at the end of the movie, it it shows it's like a picture and video montage of mm. of real Jeanette, life pictures yeah. of Jeanette and her family and her parents, and he looks just like her dad Rex. It's yeah. crazy how much he looks like him, and you get the feeling that he probably was acting just like her dad, and so like. I just, I don't know. I was just blown away at, at his, the depth of his character and that, um, you see the highest of highs with him and how much he loves his children and how much he'll do anything for them. You know, especially the part, and I don't want to give this away cause I feel like it's pretty important, but just, um, the alcohol part, you know, yeah. where he makes promises. Um, but also when he is dealing with his own demons that he experienced when he was young, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, he just did such an incredible performance. I loved it. Um, and I really like Brie Larson. I know you haven't seen room. I think you should see room. It, she, this is that she is one of the main reasons why I was excited to see this movie because of what I saw in room and her performance there. And as much as I enjoyed her performance in the glass castle, I thought the kids were just as good. Like the younger girls, I think her name is, uh, let me look, Ella, I think it's Ella Anderson. Um, Replace she, Maureen? Uh, no, Jeanette. Oh, Jeanette. She's like the teenager Jeanette or the oh. younger Jeanette. Okay. Um, I thought they did a great job. I thought they did a great job. When it showed those intimate moments when she's alone with her dad, with Woody, mm-hmm. um, it, it just like, I, I don't know. I, I just felt there was a lot of, there there was a lot of sincere and heartfelt connection between them. And so I don't know. I just, I was really impressed by their performances. Um, and let me see, I just want to make sure that I have actually, yeah. So those, those are the highlights that I, I wrote down. Um, and I have some more just kind of in our last segment, uh, or not our last segment, but just our last bullet point, but go ahead and tell me what you liked about the movie. Um, those were going to be my highlights. I mean, I think that the cast couldn't have been casted more perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like Woody Harrelson really, I felt for me embodied who she depicted in the book as her father Rex. Yeah. Like nurturing at times and a total drunk. Yeah. And battling his own demons and not being able to provide for his family. Right. Um, but always knowing that he had good intentions. Like <laughs> he always had good he intentions. always had good intentions yeah. and he I think really truly wanted what was best for them but didn't know how to fight his own demons. Right. And I think that Woody Harrelson was really able to captivate who her father was. Yeah. I mean, just he did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. An incredible job. And um I do think that he looked a lot like her father, but I think that Brie <laughs> They they made her look very much like Jeanette. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it does show you what uh, who Jeanette is in the end, and she Brie did an incredible job, mm-hmm. and I I really felt her in the movie and felt like she was able to as well portray Jeanette mm-hmm. very very well. You know, de- uh, dealing with her love for her father, but also mm-hmm. seeing what he was doing to them, right? You know, and wanting to get away from that. So one of my favorite scenes <laughs> and I, I I don't want to talk about it cause I don't want to give it away, but just the arm wrestling scene mm-hmm. was that as intense in the book as it was. In the I movie? actually don't even remember that happening oh, really? in the book. Really? <laughs> I don't remember that happening actually at all in the book. Um, it doesn't really touch on, and that's actually her first husband. She doesn't, um, 
I don't know if this is a spoiler because it doesn't touch on it in the movie at all. Okay. But that's her first husband. Okay. Huh. So. Well, I saw. And it doesn't, she doesn't go into much detail in that marriage. You get the sense that it's not a marriage of love. It was a marriage of convenience. Yeah. 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 And I, that's, okay. I guess I'll add that to my critique because that is something that I wanted more from the movie. I wanted more from, to know more about that relationship about, about, um, gosh, I'm already blanking on his name. His name is Eric. So, yeah, I just, I wanted more from that because of what it meant for her to bring him into the family and for, you know, Rex and her mom to be accepting of her fiance. Um, so yeah, I I definitely wanted more because it just, it, 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 Cuts that story really short, and it doesn't really talk about well, it at all. Well, so. like I said, because it doesn't really touch on it in the book very much, because it's yeah. her first husband, and I mean, and you you get that in the very beginning of the book because yeah. she talks about her thank yous uh-huh. to everybody who encouraged her to write the book uh-huh. and accepted the book and uh-huh. whatever. And that's not her husband. Her uh-huh. husband is, I think, is John Ta- uh, John Taylor. Huh. So. Huh. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. She doesn't really talk about her first husband as much as I think the movie portrayed him. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so we're coming up kind of on the end of our review, Jacqueline, but this is something that I I added um, to just kind of uh, the outline of the review and things that – because it's really important to me. I think it's really important to take away – to be able to watch a movie and take away certain messages or themes – that that resonate with you mm-hmm. um, and that means something to you. So was there a particular message or theme that you, or themes, could be m- more than one, that you, that really meant something to you and that I guess you felt like impacted you in some way? Um, I probably said this already, but like, I think each and every one of us are faced with some sort of trial. And you may not think that someone's trial is as big as yours mm-hmm. or that they don't understand, but it doesn't matter. Trials are trials. Like Mm -hmm. they are there to teach us something and we can either let it defeat us or we can rise above. And I think it's an encouraging, inspiring story of rising above. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't get the sense that Jeanette hates her parents, um, for what they did. Um, if anything, it made her who she is and she's a strong woman and she was able to rise above and still love her parents. And she says that in the beginning of her book and her thanks, and she thanks her dad for always being a dreamer, you know, and for dreaming big, even though his dreams didn't come true, you know? Um, but I think that that probably was a big part of her and who she is. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my message is any trial isn't too big for you. And, um, just, I mean, just piggybacking off of that, it forged, it forged an unbreakable bond for her siblings. It seemed like, I mean, it just seems like they are so, well, I will say this. I don't in the book and it kind of leaves this out as well as in the movie, you kind of just wonder what happened to Maureen, like Maureen, it, it is sad because she was the youngest. And so I don't, I don't know what spoilers. Well, as, <laughs> I already as read they, the book. Well, just as, that, as, as they're, they're able to leave. move on. Yeah. She's the youngest. So she's I mean, the she, youngest. Yeah. So she's at home the longest. Yeah. 
with the parents after and she doesn't have that support yeah and so Jeanette feels really guilty about that because she promises she promises her when she comes home um after she's been born that she will always take care of her that she will always look after her and I think that there was a part of her that felt really guilty for leaving her behind and not bringing her with her. But it was really hard because she was in school and I don't think that she wanted to take her out of school, but hindsight, maybe she thought that it would have been better. And actually in the book, they do end up bringing her a little bit earlier than the rest of them left the home. Really? And she lives with Lori and Lori raises her for the rest of her teenage years. So, but then it just says, you know, she went to California and in the in the movie, you know, um, there's like this reuniting, mm-hmm. and in the book, it there Maureen is not there. Hmm. She's in California. Yeah. So I don't really know what happened. Yeah. Or um, where her sister Maureen is, or what their relationship is with Chosen her. Are at the at the end when they're doing the like real life pictures of them. You know, yes. so you see them as, That's as older, yes. you know, in their current age right but now. But she looks like life really has gotten to her. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. And she, I mean, she just looks very different from her siblings. Yes. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. So, okay. So just, and, and I think I already mentioned this already, but, uh, and I'm just reading over my notes just to make sure I, I say everything I want to say. Um, For me, the, the glass castle reaffirms that we we just anytime we judge someone based on how they look you know what clothes they wear how much they weigh um what color their skin is or what color their hair is or if their breath smells or how they talk or anything really you know we make these just instantaneous assessments and assumptions and judgments on people that we don't even know right and and you know and in in our interactions with people some people might come off um negative or rude or snarky or crusty or whatever it is something that puts us off or uh, just causes us to make another judgment about someone and that we don't like them mm-hmm. it I, who knows what that person is going through like we will never know what people have gone on through their lives you know unless we were there living it with them you know but even then i I mean it just there are so many things that can happen to each of us through the course of our lives that causes or or that just influences us to be the way that we are and i i mean you would have never ever ever assumed having seen Jeanette as an adult in her life then that that was the life that she had when she was a kid right you know and and it shows her as an adult certain uh habits or tendencies that she has like unable to unpack her clothes you know they're yeah. always in boxes you know or not letting any food go to waste right she's always taking home a doggy bag yeah why i mean just because i mean you know she knows the importance it, it, it's just like, I, I don't know. It, it just, that was like the main thing that I just kept thinking about the movie was, gosh, like you just never know people's full story. You just never know. And it's so incredible and so fascinating and so tragic sometimes. I mean, cause gosh, even though, even though they were able to rise above, that was hell they went through for years 
in years and years and yeah. years. I mean, goodness. But okay, any final words? Um, it was good. It was good. I to I I know you're trying to wrap up, but <laughs> there's just one specific part that they they left out. And in the book, it talks about this. I think her name is Denisha. She's a black girl, and it's um, when she's moved to Welch and she's going to school there. And uh, she yeah, that wasn't in the movie at all. She uh, <laughs> she sees her from afar, and she's glaring at her. This Denisha girl, and she she knows what's coming. And sure enough, her and all these other girls surround Jeanette and start beating the heck out of her on that like first day of school there. And she, I think because she's white and because she's dirty and um, so she's lower necessarily, I guess, than the blacks were at that time. Because then you've got the, the wealthier white people above the blacks. But because Jeanette is dirty, she's gross. She's like, she's like even lower on the she's totem pole. She's lower on the yeah. totem pole. And so yeah. Denisha pinpoints her and they bully her for a really long time. They beat her up every day after school. And she talks about though, this part where she goes, but I always saw this light in her. I knew that there was some good in her. And I don't really remember. I I hate that. I don't remember how it got turned around, but they end up becoming friends, her and Denisha and sticking together. And, um, the, the pool, like they talk about the pool, being able to go swim at the pool. Well, they weren't allowed to go swim at the pool with the whites because they oh, were dirty yeah. and nobody wanted them. And they, yeah. you know, they'd be made fun of and say yeah. that they were making the pool polluted, you yeah. know? And so she would go swimming with the blacks in the morning. Cause that's when the blacks would go swimming was in the morning. And so they just create this friendship and I just thought it was interesting that she was able to see light in Denisha. Even when she was, even when she was being bullied yeah. and beaten by her and her friends. <laughs> it's you just know? insane. So there's just a really, I mean, if you... <laughs> if they you become ha- friends. They become friends, yeah. <laughs> and if you have time, I mean, I really, I really would recommend the book. The book is just incredible, and it will bring that movie so much more to life. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I think the movie was good enough that I would want to read the book anyway. So, um, okay, Jacqueline, this is our very last segment. It is our, um, we're going to give our backseat directors recommendation. Our recommendation. So Jacqueline, for you, is this movie a go see it? Okay. And I know other people have had interpretations of what I mean by these recommendations. Okay. So when I, when I say it's a go see it, I don't mean it's like, this is the greatest movie of the year. I just mean, I think it is the worth it is worth the price of a ticket to go see in theaters, right? Um, if I say it's maybe wait, I mean the movie is still worth seeing, and I think people should see it. But but if you don't see it in theaters, you won't be sad, right? Um, or it's a no go. Just it's not worth seeing in theaters. Maybe watch it when it comes out the video, but I just don't like it. Okay, so for you, is it a go see it, maybe wait, or no go? Um, I would say maybe wait. I just um. If I hadn't read the book, I don't know how intrigued I would have been to go see the movie. Mm. So I guess if you've read the book, you're probably really excited to go see the movie <laughs> like I was. Like I was yeah. excited. Okay, I finished finish the book. I uh-huh. can go see the movie now, you know. But having not read the book, I don't know. I don't know if I 
was super excited to see it. Really? So I, uh, for me, the cast alone is what, what got me excited to see the movie. I, I really like Woody Harrelson. I really like Brie Larson. Um, I, I, I'm not like super stoked on Naomi Watts. I think she, she's been good in some movies, but like Mm -hmm. it was just a cast that I was really interested in. And so that alone made me excited to go see the movie. Um, and I enjoyed the movie and I think I was probably able to enjoy it more since I didn't read the book. (laughs) (laughs) And so for me, I do think it's a go see it. I thought it was worth seeing in theaters and you know, for gosh, for however many action superhero and whatever other types of movies are out there that make a lot of money, these are the kind of movies like Glass Castle that don't make a lot of money and the budgets are really small mm-hmm. and yet I think are worth seeing. So, um, No, I love the true stories. I'm a sucker for true stories. I love them. I think that they're most inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. And I and I definitely felt moved by this movie and just by its story. So I think it's go see it. So we have one maybe wait from Jacqueline and one <laughs> go see it. But I w- think we can both agree it's still a movie it's worth watching. It's a good watching. movie. Yes, for sure. And I guess you would also recommend read the book. <laughs> yes, I for sure would recommend read the book and then go see the movie. So if it's still in theaters, <laughs> then go see it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, Jacqueline. Hey, that's it. We're at the end. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Thanks well, Jack, for having me. Well, thank you. It is 1132 and it is our sister's birthday in 30 minutes. So we got to go celebrate with her. We're going to go have a, a village, midnight village breakfast. in midnight breakfast. <laughs> um, okay. But before we go, Jacqueline, if, um, if some of our listeners, if they want to get a hold of you, if they want to talk about more about the glass castle, um, or if they just want to follow you on social media, how can they reach out to you? Um, Instagram, uh, it's Jacqueline Laura. J-A-C-L-Y-N-L-A-U-R-A Okay, that's it Perfect Well, thank you, Jacqueline And listeners, thank you Thank you for tuning in to today's episode And review of The Glass Castle Thank you for downloading today's episode And make sure you guys stay up to date You can find the podcast and all our episodes On iTunes, primarily Um, Also Podbean, Google Play Stitcher and really any other podcast outlet that you may subscribe to just search Backseat Directors Um, also be sure to leave us a rating if you like the podcast let us know Um, and if you want to be a Backseat Director and co-host the show with me just like my sister Jacqueline did let me know reach out to me let me know what movie you would like to do and we'll see if uh, if we can get you on the list Uh, so on behalf of Jacqueline and myself this is Andre Backseat Directors signing out and we'll see you guys next week at the movies The Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. Westerns and classics, documentaries, uh, so many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me. So find your seat in the perfect row. Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone.